All right, guys, good morning again. Let's open the scriptures to the book of Colossians, our last message in our Colossians series. We're in Colossians chapter 4. We'll be reading verses 7 through 18. I'll give you a second to turn there. Scripture text is also going to be up on the, on the screen here. Colossians 4, starting in verse 7, reading through verse 18. This is God's word. Tychicus will tell you all about my activities. He is a beloved brother and faithful minister and fellow servant in the Lord. I have sent him to you for this very purpose, that you may know how we are, and that he may encourage your hearts. And with him, Onesimus, our faithful and beloved brother, who is one of you, they will tell you of everything that has taken place here. Aristarchus, my fellow prisoner, greets you, and Mark, the cousin of Barnabas, Concerning whom you have received instructions, if he comes to you, welcome him. And Jesus, who is called Justice, these are the only men of circumcision among my fellow workers for the kingdom of God, and they have been a comfort to me. Epaphras, who is one of you, a servant of Christ Jesus, greets you, always struggling on your behalf in his prayers that you may stand mature and fully assured in all the will of God. For I bear him witness that he has worked hard for you and for those in Laodicea and Hierapolis. Luke, the beloved physician, greets you, as does Demas. Give my greetings to the brothers and sisters at Laodicea and to Nympha and the church in her house. And when this letter has been read among you, have it read in the church of the Laodiceans, and see that you have read the letter from Laodicea, and say to Archippus, quote, see that you fulfill the ministry that you have received in the Lord. I, Paul, write this with my own hand. Remember my chains. Grace be with you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. On Wednesday, we will celebrate, anybody? All Saints Day. And you're like, I'm not going to celebrate that. I don't know what you're talking about, but the global church... On Wednesday, November 1st, we'll celebrate All Saints Day, the day when we remember all the saints. And I have been trying over the last few years to make us aware of All Saints Day. Now, when we're talking about saints, who are we talking about? Are we talking about uh, spiritual superstars? No, we're not. When Paul would write a letter, he would write it to the saints in Ephesus, to the saints in Philippi, to the saints 
in Lincoln, Nebraska. And when he said, I'm writing to the saints, he didn't just say, I'm writing to the spiritual superstars in your church. He's saying, I'm writing to everyone, everyone who believes. And so in the scriptures, saints are not super holy people. They are all of us, everyone who believes in Jesus. You, me, all the men and women around the world who believe in Christ. Not just us in this church, but all the Christians around the the globe worshiping um, the God who's revealed himself in Christ Jesus. And also every Christian that's died believing in their Lord. And who has gone before us into glory, as the old timers say. Those who have been faithful in the Lord and who have passed on the faith to us. Remembering the saints. Looking in the past to those who've went before us. Especially those who have had an impact on our lives. Considering the future. And whom we might have the opportunity to impact. And considering what it means to be saints to one another in the present. That's what All Saints Day is all about. And that's why Colossians 4 is a great text to look at the Sunday before All Saints Day. Because here Paul names the various saints that have encouraged him in ministry. That he feels need to be seen and honored by others. In this letter, at the end here, Paul names 12 individuals, honoring the contributions that they've made in their particular community and in their unique calling going forward. So I just want to spend a little bit of time today looking at all of the people mentioned in Colossians 4 to see what we might learn from them. Because I think they all have something to teach us about the mission of God. They can all teach us how to value people in this room who might resemble them. So let's meet these 12 individuals. Let's start with Tychicus. Can you say Tychicus? That's right. Verse 7. Tychicus will tell you all of my activities. He is a beloved brother and faithful minister and fellow servant in the Lord. I have sent him to you for this very purpose that you may know how we are and that he may encourage your hearts. And so Tychicus is the one actually bringing and delivering the letter to the Colossians. And it's interesting, Tychicus is Paul's mail delivery man, special delivery, that's Tychicus. If you go back into the Pauline letters, it's often Tychicus who has been traveling with Paul and seems to bring and read these letters that Paul is giving to all of the churches. And we need to remember that this isn't an easy journey. Days in dangerous country on foot. Many, many miles to deliver these letters. 
And so when we think about Tychicus, we think about the people who've brought us the gospel, sometimes at risk to themselves. The person who risked to bring us the gospel message. Everyone had someone share Jesus with them for the first time. Or maybe it was just that person who made the message of the gospel come alive to you. A youth group leader. A pastor. A parent. A friend. Who was it for you? I'll give you a moment to hold their names in your heart. Paul uses three phrases to describe Tychicus. Beloved brother, faithful minister, and fellow servant. I want you to think about the folks in your life who those might be descriptive of. A beloved brother or sister. A faithful minister. A fellow servant. Brother or sister just means fellow Christian. But this is a beloved fellow Christian. Minister doesn't necessarily mean that the person was ordained, but they did work for the church in gospel ministry to build it up. And fellow servant actually means fellow slave. They don't belong to themselves ultimately. They belong to Jesus Christ. And so a co-laborer with this strong faith in Christ, ministering to others in various ways, serving the church in order to build it up, beloved brother, faithful minister, fellow slave. Our faith depends on folks like these. Each of us has a beloved brother or sister in Christ. How many faithful Reliable servants of the gospel have met us and carried us along in our lives. How many people did we need sold out for Jesus when we weren't to keep our faith going? Tychicus. And I was just thinking, man, I hope that, let's say one of you writes a letter 40 years from now. I hope that someone would describe me like this. Beloved brother, faithful minister. Oh, I hope so. Fellow servant. Next we see Onesimus mentioned. And for those of you who were here for the Philemon sermon, you know Onesimus. Verse 9, and with him Onesimus. Our faithful and beloved brother, who is one of you, they will tell you everything that has taken place here. So here we're told Onesimus is a faithful and dear brother. For greater context, Onesimus was actually a slave who had run away from his master Philemon, a man who lived in Colossae, a slave who through Paul's 
ministry becomes a Christian and who Paul is sending back with this letter of defense and love. He's now been discipled by Paul and Paul is sending him back with a letter of commendation saying, I want you to receive him no longer as a slave, but as a brother. And check this out. This is kind of cool. Paul writes these letters with intention. Notice that Onesimus, two of the phrases used to describe him are shared by Tychicus, faithful and beloved brother. But notice what words he doesn't use to describe Onesimus, fellow slave. He's not going to use that word to describe Onesimus. And maybe in reflecting on Onesimus' story, we think about those times in our lives where we had, were in need of defense. Someone to come to our aid in a time of need. To dignify and defend us. The mama bear or papa bear types in your community group. Those within the Christian community that just give their hearts for the marginalized, the forgotten, the oppressed, the Onesimuses of the world. We remember those saints when we think of Onesimus and Paul's letter. Next, we turn to Aristarchus. Can you say Aristarchus? When I think of Aristarchus, I think of a ride-or-die friend. Let me tell you why. Because Aristarchus shows up in Ephesus. His first na- he, the first time his name is mentioned, it's because Paul has been preaching the gospel and people are really upset at Paul because it's overturning all of their economic systems because when you preach the gospel and you really preach it, it messes with people. And the first reference we have to Aristarchus and Gaius is them being grabbed by a mob and being brought into an amphitheater and they're almost killed. And then Aristarchus is like, I like this. This is my kind of energy. So that's the first time you see Aristarchus is a mob grabbed him. The next time we see him, he's now traveling with Paul through Macedonia and Greece He becomes a voluntary prisoner with Paul in Acts 27. And then church tradition tells us that Aristarchus is going to be put to death by Nero in Rome. This man willing to face physical assault and prison for the sake of the kingdom and for Paul's ministry. He's like, Paul, are you going on a dangerous mission? I'm in. I've got this. You've got the, I've got this kind of friend. When I think of Aristarchus, I think of like the mighty men of David in the Old Testament. He's like, you're going to go on a, on a ship and it's going to get shipwrecked and you're going to be attacked by poison snakes? That's me. Maybe you're like Aristarchus. You're just... Willing to take risks. I'm in. I can carry that weight with you. Maybe you have a friend 
who's like that. Ride or die, no matter what the risk, no matter what the challenge, they have been with you. Good to remember them. And then we have Mark. Mark, who was Barnabas' cousin. And Paul just says, welcome him. But what you need to know is that Paul and Mark had a falling out. You can read about it in the book of Acts. Barnabas and Mark, those are the two cousins. They thought ministry should happen one way. And Paul thought it should go a different way. And their differences were such that they split. Sometimes we split when one person thinks ministry should be done one way and one person thinks it should be done another way. But sometimes those splits have hopeful endings. Because Paul is saying here, if he comes to you, welcome him. Well, why would he need to say, welcome him? Maybe they know about the falling out. And maybe they're, they feel some tension about who they should feel loyalty to. Maybe you've felt that sometimes. Which side am I supposed to, pe- to be on? And Paul leads so well, welcome him. And at the end of Paul's life, he's actually asking for Mark to come to him. Maybe when we remember the saints, we're trying to look forward to a hopeful ending because there's been a split that we've had. Well, how do you get to the hopeful ending? Well, I think that Paul and Mark would have both had to be teachable and self-aware They would have both had to remember that they belong to each other and that that what they have in Christ is more significant than any differences that they have. They both would have had to remember that they're both blockheads and that they blew it. There's usually two blockheads. And sometimes one Christian is willing to reconcile and the other isn't isn't willing to do what reconciliation requires. And when that happens, that's pretty painful stuff. But here's a story of hope. And maybe come Wednesday we think of the saints and our hope for reconciliation and reunion. Mark gives us hope about that. Then we have Jesus who is also known as Justice, because he didn't want to be known as Jesus. So Jesus is just the name Joshua. A lot of people were named Jesus, but a lot of Christians changed their name so they wouldn't share the name of their Savior. And he's described as a co-worker of the kingdom who brought comfort to Paul. How many saints do we know who are gifted in just bringing comfort to another person? Just comforting others with their presence. Do you have a justice in your life who's brought you comfort? And then we have Epaphras. 
And of course, he's the one who evangelized the Lycus Valley. Epaphras is their pastor, their church planter, who's gone on to plant two other churches. He's led churches in, he's planted churches in Colossa, Hierapolis, and Laodicea. But what he's known for here, outside of being an evangelist and a pastor, is he's a prayer warrior. He prays for those he leads. Where would we be without the prayer warriors in our life? Who do you know that prays faithfully for you? To remember them. And next we have Luke. Luke's the beloved doctor. And Luke becomes Paul's traveling partner in the second half of his life. Luke also writes the gospel of Luke. As Mark is the one who writes the gospel of Mark. At the end of Paul's life, however, we're told that Luke is still with him. And that's my favorite part of Luke's story. When Paul is about to die, he writes to Timothy and asks for Timothy to come visit him. And he says that only Luke is still with me. So Luke is another example of a faithful companion who does not waver. And Luke is Paul's co-worker in so many ways. And we need those people in our life. The people who will be faithful, who will not waver, who will be there till the end. A close ally and friend. That is what Luke is to Paul. Now in the same verse, he talks about Demas. And Demas is a fellow worker with Paul. With him at this time. But when you get to 2 Timothy, unlike Luke who is with Paul, Demas has deserted Paul and left the faith. 2 Timothy 4.10 says he did this because he loved the world more than he loved the kingdom of God. Demas gets distracted. Demas walked away from the Lord. And if you have been a Christian for a minute and in the church long enough to know stuff, you know that this happens. Dear people, Walk away from the faith. And we get a reminder of that in Demas. Maybe for those folks who have walked away, we have a chance to pray for them on All Saints Day. We're almost done. Two more names that he mentions. And one is Nympha. And Nympha is, is a hospitable patron and leader of a church in Laodicea. She uses her wealth and the size of her home to host the local church community. And so Nympha is an example of the hospitable saint who uses their resources, their warmth, their home, and their heart to give space for the church. Do you know a nympha? Someone who has given you hospitable presence, love, home, meals, and communicated Christ's love 
to you? Finally, Archippus. Can you say Archippus? <laughs> I just, I'm sorry. <laughs> if I have to learn how to pronounce them, so do you. Oh, so side note, Crystal sent me an audio file on Monday. Here was the caption. I've written a new I've, 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 I've written a new call to worship song for this week. The title of the song was Tychicus Road Trips with Onesimus. <laughs> and I really wanted her to play it, but she didn't do it. Finally, we have Archippus. And we're not told much about Archippus. Church history tells us that he is the son of Philemon and Aphia. And so the son of the man who once owned Onesimus. But what we see here is Paul telling the whole church to tell Archippus to get off of his behind and do what the Lord called him to do. So it's so interesting. And say to Archippus, so he's telling the whole church, say this to Archippus, see that you fulfill the ministry that you have received from the Lord. And so I just imagine being Archippus and walking in late to the meeting that day and everyone looks at you and has some, a word for you <laughs> from the Lord. But isn't it wonderful to be... Do you have an accountable friend? Have you had a saint that actually holds you to account? Because they know your gifts. They know something of what God has called you to do. They don't want you to waste your life, your moments, your ministry. They come to you and they say, I know your gifts. Get after it. Get on with the ministry that God has called you to. Isn't it good to have people to hold us to account? To say, don't hesitate, don't get distracted, don't put it down. Complete the ministry that you have received from the Lord. Finally, Paul just speaks of himself. And he says, remember my chains. So much wrapped up in those three words. Certainly Paul's thinking of his own need for prayer. He's in jail for their sake and for the sake of the gospel. A gospel that was worth sacrificing for. Because it brings people from death to life. And so he's saying also remember that your faith cost somebody something. And that's true in an ultimate sense. In the person of Jesus, who gave up his life for all of us. But it's also true in all of the smaller acts of those people. Nymphas, Barnabases, Marks, Tychicus, Pauls, who have acted in his name to get you to where you are today. The thought I want to leave you with is Jesus loves us by delegation. 
I thought today about Christ on the cross and he sees his mother. You remember this scene? And he wants his mother to be cared for. And notice what he doesn't say. He doesn't say, don't worry, mom. I'm giving you the Holy Spirit. And it's just going to be enough for you. It's going to fill your heart. And you're not going to need anybody. Because my spirit's going to be in you and with you. He does talk about the gift of the spirit. And oh my goodness, is it not precious? But what he says is, John... Take care of my mom. And, and Paul says to, and he says to Paul, love my church. Don't hurt it. And Paul says to Tychicus, Tychicus, I can't go to the Colossians. Go love them. And Tychicus gets there and says, Archippus, get off your booty and start loving people like you're supposed to. And the chain goes on and on and on. Until the nympha in your life and the mark in your life and the faithful pastor in your life and the grandma in your life and the mama papa bear in your small group in your life and all those people love you because Jesus told them to and you are to experience his love in theirs. Remember my chains. Remember the saints. All Saints Days reminds us that we didn't get the gospel just like presented to us in a lockbox from heaven. It was delivered to us by strong, faithful, weathered hands of a parent, a partner, a friend. In liturgical circles, what we're talking about here is this great chain of believers. It's called the great tradition. And the scriptures refer to it as the great cloud of witnesses that is there cheering us on to run the race before us. And we're called to remember them and bring them to heart. Not to remember them because they're perfect. We remember them because they, like us, were broken, sinful, selfish, fearful, but God used them to grow and sustain us and his church and to pass down the message of the gospel and ultimately to shape us as a Christian community. God has been so faithful to Grace Chapel, friends, sustaining us through ordinary mothers and monks, beloved doctors, artists, Farmers, students, rich and poor, young and old, fascinating and dull, likable and difficult, all saints, all broken, all beloved, and he will continue to be faithful to Grace Chapel through us as he sends us out as a delegation of love. We have seen his faithfulness. We have stories to tell. Remember their chains. Let me pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, thank you so much for those people (laughs) in our lives who have had such an impact on our faith. Imperfect to be sure, 
but faithful, beloved, servants, hospitable, just, defenders, lovers, messengers. Each one of our hearts is filled with them in this moment. And so I guess we're just grateful, even as we hope, that there can be people in our lives who you would use us to impact and to reach, and that we would be faithful in this time and in this generation to preserve the gospel, to steward it, to hand it off to others. Can I say thank you for the book of Colossians, Lord, and for our journey through it. Thank you for being faithful to our church as we've looked at this letter. And, I, and I'm glad it ends with grace. Paul says, grace be with you, and would your grace be with us. We give you praise and thanks in Christ's name. Amen. Amen.